Welcome to the Radio Bible Course. We are studying Hebrews chapter 10. Today we begin with verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Then to wait until his enemy should be made a stool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their misdeeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. There is in these verses one of the most convincing contrasts for the superiority of Christ's sacrifice over that of the Old Testament priests. One could hardly miss it. Those first century Jews needed this reminder. For example, the writer has been telling us that the priests of the Old Testament stood as they offered their sacrifices, and they were far from God. But Christ sits in God's presence. The Old Testament priests repeatedly offered the sacrifices. Jesus offered only one. The contrasts are tremendous. Those Old Testament sacrifices brought no remission of sins because the blood of bulls and goats could not remove sin. But Jesus Christ, in his offering, brought remission. That was the message of Peter and Paul. Whoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. The priest offered sacrifices daily, the same sacrifices over and over. But Jesus offered only one, himself. It was the same sacrifices that were repeated day after day after day for years and for centuries by those Old Testament priests, but Jesus Christ offered only one, his body. The task of a priest was monotonous, of course. When he completed the sacrifices of a lamb in the morning, he knew another one had to be sacrificed in the afternoon. You may not be familiar with that practice, but it's spelled out in Numbers chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Give this command to the Israelites, and say to them, See that you present to me at the appointed time the food for my offerings made by fire as an aroma pleasing to me. Say to them, This is the offering made by fire that you are to present to the Lord, two lambs a year old without defect, as a regular burnt offering each day. Prepare one lamb in the morning and the other at twilight, together with a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah, an ephah, by the way, is about a half a gallon. An eph- a tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hen. 
and a hen of oil was about one quart. They had to make that from pressed olives, instituted at Mount Sinai as a pleasing aroma and offering made to the Lord by fire. The accompanying drink offering is to be a quarter of a hen of fermented drink with each lamb. Pour out the drink offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. Prepare the second lamb at twilight, along with the same kind of grain offering and drink offering that you prepare in the morning. This is an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, make an offering of two lambs a year old, without defect, together with its drink offering and the grain offering of two tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. The priest knew that this must continue forever. Tomorrow, he would have to do the same thing, and every day thereafter. And this was done, offering the lamb along with the grain offerings and the drink offerings. Think of it. As long as the tabernacle or the temple stood, these sacrifices and offerings continued without interruption. It was a treadmill of sacrifices. You never read in the Old Testament about benches or chairs being in the tabernacle. They didn't need them. The priest was busy. He was continually offering sacrifices. He couldn't sit down. If a Jew might ask his priest at the day's end if those sacrifices which he made took care of his sin, the priest could only say, only for today. That meant that a worshiper had a constant consciousness of sin and a fear of death. There was no relief. No more was accomplished after 1,000 years of sacrifices than was accomplished on the first day that a lamb was offered. As we consider the contrast to Christ's sacrifice, we get a sense of victory and relief. One of the happiest thoughts for the Christian is that no future sin will require still another sacrifice. That single sacrifice of God's Son some 1960 years ago took care of an eternity of sins. Friends, that's good news. The sin problem has been solved. Now note verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. For all time, or forever, that means there is no time in the future of the world when the once shed blood of God's sinless Lamb will not bring forgiveness. We can confidently say about the next generation and the generation which might be born a thousand years from now, that all of their sins have already been paid for. They haven't even been born, nor have they committed those sins. But Christ paid for all sins for all time, forever. Now he's seated at the right hand of God's throne, the writer tells us, and Christ will never need to get up to do anything about your sin problem of tomorrow. He took care of that problem forever. 
and this is the basis of your security. Because one offering earned complete forgiveness, God was able to offer the believing sinner eternal life or everlasting life and no condemnation and no judgment for sin. Jesus took all that. He gave up his eternal life so you could have it. He took the condemnation which the law demanded upon the sinner when he took the sinner's place on the cross. The judgment of God which should have fallen on me and you fell on him. And that's why Paul could write with this great confidence, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now, such eternal benefits could come only by an eternal sacrifice. Watch out for those temporary sacrifices that someone might suggest that you offer in order to get something from God. Pity the Christian who thinks only in terms of forgiveness for former sins. That's a half-gospel. And unfortunately, that kind of a gospel has been preached for centuries. I myself was a victim of it. They told me that if I would believe in Jesus Christ and receive his grace, all of my past sins would be forgiven. Well, that was good news, at least to an extent, because I could obliterate the past. But the next day was a problem, because I would sin again. And then what? Would I have to be saved all over again? Need I be born again and again and again? That half-gospel confused me. But thank God for his word, which assured me that Jesus Christ took care of the sin problem, all the sins of the world, for all time, and he did it once for all. Friends, it is not good enough good news to know that the past has been obliterated. Oh, that's helpful. And you have a new start. But soon you find that that's not good enough. Because sin is ever haunting us. What we need is a remedy for the past and for the future. We are going into the future. And the obstacles that keep us from God in the future need to be removed. That's what Jesus Christ did when he offered himself. And the writer to the Hebrews is trying to emphasize the completeness of the work of Jesus Christ. I do pity you if you think that forgiveness for the past sins is all that was accomplished when you believed in Jesus Christ. That's not too different from a jobless man getting enough money to pay off last week's grocery bill. Well, that helped, but tomorrow we'll again find him in debt, and he still has a problem. Now listen to verses 17 and 18. I will remember their sins and their misdeeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. If your future sins have not been forgiven, you better come up with an offering. An offering is necessary. But thank God, we don't need another offering. The one that was made at Calvary, on that hill, in between two thieves, 
That was enough for all sin, for all time, for all men. Believe it and rejoice. Now, unless you can understand this and accept it, you cannot really rejoice in Jesus Christ, and you don't have complete victory. The death of Jesus Christ was not intended to be a Band-Aid forgiveness. Would you put Band-Aid on a cancer? Well, it could cover it up. But what you need is the removal of the cancer. And Jesus Christ took care of that sin problem, which is like a cancer because it eats away at every one of us. We cannot escape sin. We will sin, but we can escape the condemnation if we will believe that Jesus Christ took our sins. Do you believe he died only for your past sins? Then you and the writer to the Hebrews don't agree. Have you met people who often quote Old Testament passages and appear to be applying them to themselves? Well, I have. Apparently, some people have never learned that all Scripture is for us, but not all Scripture is to us. The Old Testament was written to the people of Israel. They were the people of the law. They were the descendants of Abraham. And those promises to them are not necessarily to the believer today. Well, how is one supposed to know what is for the Christian? Our course on Understanding the New Testament, it's on cassette tape, will explain this in a very practical and clear way. Right for information about teaching tapes. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.